Forest Green. A season's work is on the line. Eyes on the prize. Defeat almost unthinkable. It is winner takes all. It is high stakes football. Welcome to the Heaven's Devils podcast, a Forest Green Rovers podcast by two millennial American soccer fans who don't really know what they're talking about. My name is Nathan. This is Sean. Heaven's Devils podcast, Jake Young's favorite American Forest Green Rovers podcast. And I know because he let us follow him. <laughs> uh, you don't think he has any other? You don't, you don't think there are other uh, American Forest Green Rovers podcasts that Jake Young's into? No, no, Jake Young likes This American Life. He likes Car Talk, and then us. <laughs> Only those three. Only those three. Uh, so uh, on this episode, we are hopefully going to have significantly better audio quality than last time. Um, but you're still going to get the same crap analysis that you have come to know uh, with, the, with this episode. Uh, we're first going to recap Harrogate. Then we'll do some over-under straight from the MGM for, uh, Sportsbook in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll then recap the Oxford match in the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, we'll preview Cambridge and Port Vale uh, with some special guests, Johnny and Stu from the Ale and the Vale podcast. So we get our first enemies on the pod for some actual o- opposition talk. Really excited about that. And then finally, we'll close out with a couple of segments. Uh, is this a National League team or did Nathan make it up? It's a new segment we're going to try this week and also Drip of the Week. So let's get into the pod, Shimmy. Today was a good day. So, Shimmy, how we how we feeling, brother? Oh, yeah, feeling great. Uh, it's great to see supporters back at the ground. Uh, the Envirovents uh, Stadium in North Yorkshire um, had a noticeably good atmosphere, and we had a little bit of added drama to the uh, last 10 minutes of the match uh, as we only had a one-goal lead. But our boys in the, uh, the Sea Shepherd away, the third kit, came through for us. I had to rock the Sea Shepherd kit too. It came in this week. So I was right along with him. Felt like I was on the pitch. <laughs> Felt like you were on the pitch. <laughs> well, yeah, great great to see another win, albeit an ugly win, but three points is three points, Shimmy. Uh, so this away win now puts us at 17 away points. Uh, that gives us five. That's five wins, two draws on the road, which is the most of any other team in League Two. So I'm feeling good despite the kind of shaky performance. If you can consistently grind out points on the road, it's going to lead to good things, Shimmy. Agree. Always take points away from home. All right. So, so shall we go to Vegan Beer of the Week, Shimmy? Hey, let's do it. And i uh, got to give another shout-out to Lady G. Right? I told you I was rocking the Sea Shepherd uh, third kit today. Also got our very special Forest Green Rovers bottle opener, the VRFGR. Uh, bottle opener so celebrate that we're going with the bottle this week out with the cans we're going with the bottle of brooklyn brewery brooklyn uh, brooklyn lager we're brooklyn we're brooklyn we're brooklyn hoppy amber lager that's a 5.2 percent all right cheers cheers shimmy cheers cheers to three points beautiful okay so let's get into the harrogate match Harrogate nil, Forest Green Rovers one. So initial thoughts here, Shimmy. Hot take, it's better to win than to lose, Shimmy. It's controversial. 
It's a controversial <laughs> sports take in general. But I, I'm going to say winning is good. Winning is good. Uh, our quality really came through. Uh, the first half was very pedestrian. We didn't have a single shot on goal. Harrogate played hard, so I give a lot of respect to them. They were a very gutsy team. And we were just lucky they didn't have the skill or quality of our players to make us pay for some of our mistakes. Um, and then the second half, I think we looked a, a bit more in control and confident on the ball, at least in the beginning of the second half. We had a few moments of brilliance from uh, Nikki Cadden and Big Jamma, which was made all the difference. Uh, then it ended a bit nervy as Harrogate were attacking. We needed some great tackles from uh, JMT, some solid clearances from Sweeney, some good saves from McGee to get the job done. But end of the day, we got the job done. Happy with the three points. Puts us third in the table. Uh, what do you think, Shimmy? Yeah, great spot to be in the table. You know, it feels like right up there with, you know, the, uh, the Gloucestershire rivals, uh, Cheltenham Town, uh, you know, Newport County's up there. So we're, we're where we need to be. Another gutsy performance on the road. Um, first half, like you said, was a little bit listless. You know, we felt like even though we had the advantage in possession, it didn't really seem like we were doing a whole lot with it. And I think we were only four of 14 in terms of crosses. <laughs> so... We couldn't really find that last little bit of quality in the first half. So um, at least we were doing enough against, albeit, you know, newly promoted opposition to um, actually take the game to them. So I like that, especially in the second. It does seem like we are continuing this pattern, though, of playing to the level of our competition. But at least, as long as we're getting the better of them, <laughs> you know, we'll take it. A quick recap of the goals, or actually, I guess, goal, because there was only one goal in this game. Uh, a brilliant... Brilliant run down the left down the left wing. Uh, Nikki Cadden finds big jam on the 57th minute to, for for a little tap in. Um, Cadden had quite a few moments of brilliance in this one, uh, but that was the one that, that made all the difference. And yeah, just just one goal in this game, which was quite different from uh, what we saw around League Two today. Mansfield Crawley game had six goals. Our rivals Cheltenham, Hum, Cheltenham, and Exeter had eight goals. Our boys from Port Vale put up six goals against Bolton in a nine-goal thriller, six to three. Uh, so quite, quite a lot of action today around League Two. Just not, not in Harrogate Town. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know, I think we're we're sometimes modest in that way. You know, we like our we like our wins to be gritty and gutsy and you know, enough for the flash. For yeah. that. That's right. We're not we're not showoffs. We don't need to score six goals against Harrogate Town. One's enough. No, yeah, one's enough. You know, we can instead of goals, we can just multiply the gray hairs of the supporters, like you know, like <laughs> the last ten minutes. But, but you know, I'm just always happy for three points. So. It does make for an exciting, exciting match when we only score one goal. Who wants a two goal cushion or a three goal cushion when you can have a one goal nail biter to the end, right? Yeah, but I will mention what I said before. Um, you know, we're so happy that fans are back in the stadiums. Know, back to uh, supporters are back uh, to Amen. be there with their team. Uh, it noticeably made for a better atmosphere. Um, and so that last 10 minutes actually felt like, oh man, you know, you could feel the support get behind um, Harrogate and try to will them for an equalizer. Happy it didn't ha you know, it didn't occur, but it was kind of cool to see. I really enjoyed that. Totally agree. I'm looking forward to more of that as more fans uh, start getting into the stadiums. So let's talk about some of the bright spots and then we'll talk about some of the trouble uh, that we see in this game. So some of the bright spots, first, just quality. We have better players than Harrogate. We have better players than a lot of teams. And Fort, that's, we're, we're lucky to be in that position. And that's what made all the difference today. That's what, what helped us get the job done. 
uh, on the road. It's not the most impressive performance, but it's a very long season, and sometimes you just have to gut out wins, especially on the road. So this, this was just like Southend. It wasn't a pretty three points on the road, but it was three points nonetheless. And at the end of the season, if we stay up, if we're near the top of the table, nobody is going to care how ugly or unconvincing these three points were because they put us in a position to, to get promoted. Uh, and, and so with that win, as we already mentioned, we now have 17 points on the road, 17 points away, five wins, two draws. That's the most of any club. So yeah, you can complain all day long about how we've done it, but we've done it. That's the important thing. Uh, yeah, and I think this kind of goes to what we were are feeling about Cooper as well. Again, we are totally newbies. We don't know. We don't have the the roller coaster of emotions when we see Horace Green Rover uh, Rovers play because uh, I know there's sometimes Cooper out sentiment that comes forward, right? But it seems to me, at least this season, anytime we've been in danger of slumping or having a prolonged run where it's not going so well, we managed to eke out something good and maintain that high position at the table. So that's, that's been really nice, you know, to know that that heart is there. Um, and as you said, you know, it also does come down to those moments of quality. Uh, like Cadden was, had uh, great runs today down the left. Uh, in the first half, I thought <clears throat> Richardson uh, was doing great. Ibu Adams had some really nice, strong runs through midfield. So um, the quality does pay off. That's right. Uh, so let's talk about some of the trouble, some of the trouble uh, that we saw today, Shimmy. So we're still making individual mistakes. We're still having some poor backwards passes that lead to breakaway opportunities that teams better than Harrogate are going to make us pay for. So we really got to button that up. Uh, also on the attack, it just feels like there's a lack of a sense of urgency. Uh, when we get to the penalty area, we don't have ideas. If we do take a shot, we don't have accuracy. Uh, we don't have the ability to make the keeper work. A lot of times shots are coming too late. The defense has plenty of time to get back, get set up, and then our passes or shots get, get broken up. And I really think that's where, we're, like, where we missed young Jake Young uh, on the attack. And, even, and also Odin Bailey, too. I think Odin Bailey would just run circles around these guys. Yeah, championship-level player in Odin Bailey. He could have really taken it to them. But we also have to keep in mind, League 2 and the EFL leagues, the lower leagues, the matches come thick and fast. So again, maybe Cooper is keeping an eye on that and letting people play. We were even calling for maybe Maddie Stevens to uh, be subbed on a little after you know the beginning of the second half, just because we wanted to recreate that Jamil, you know, the jammer, um, Stevens magic that, that helped us uh, against Newport. Yeah, and actually, on the point of subs, too, I, I, I'm wondering what you think. I'm wondering if we should have brought Bailey on instead of Sweeney. So we went, we went very de- defensive by bringing Sweeney on for Collins. And I wonder if we would have been better served by bringing Bailey on and trying to put away one more goal rather than going full, you know, full defense. Yeah, that's been something that's actually surprised us about Cooper. Uh, I think it was against Barrow as well, right, where we drew, where we invited a lot of pressure and against, you know, a team that was just promoted like um, Harrogate today, it didn't really burn us. Although there was a, a save that McGee had to make at the very end, a pretty easy one, but yeah, we, we seem to invite pressure with defensive substitutions rather than taking it to the opposition. So, so overall, not a dominating performance, but we did have a flash of brilliance with Cadden and Matt and that's all we needed. Uh, so now we're, as I said, we got 17 points on the road. Hopefully, we'll get Jake Young, Jake Young back sooner than later from his uh, 
from his supermarket parking lot accident. Um, <laughs> and, and then we, we finally found out, by the way, I'm, I'm sure listeners know by now, but young Jake Young, I guess, rolled his ankle in the parking lot of a supermarket. <laughs> so You got to watch out weird. for those trolleys and shopping carts. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully we'll get him back. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, and hopefully we can get Odin Bailey more involved um, or into the game period to help us create a little bit more on the attack. Uh, but a, a bunch of re- much of respect to Harrogate. I think they were a very gutsy team. They played very hard against the uh, in front of their home fans. So uh, I was very impressed by them. Uh, I know they didn't have the quality, but I respect how they played. Uh, player-wise, I think you know Cadden was outstanding. He was trying to create chances all game. He had several good runs in the first half and the second half down the wing. Some decent passes. Yeah, shout out to uh, the 50th minute uh, nutmeg as well. That was uh, that's right. Play. That's right. And of course, he created the chance, the only chance that led to, or sorry, the chance that led to our only goal. But outside of that, I thought a lot of players did, did pretty well today. I thought Adams. I mean, everyone had mistakes, but I thought Adams was better. Stokes was better. Uh, big jammer with the tapping better. Uh, Aaron Collins, I thought was pretty good. He's he lacks a little bit of accuracy in his shots. Uh, Richards, Richardson looked pretty alive, which was nice. He seems to be coming coming back into form. And more Taylor had a had a good spell. For me, man of the match, got to be Cadden though. I got to go with my boy Cadden, Nikki Cadden. Shout out to Chrissy Cadden's Columbus Crew. Uh, yeah, overall, I will have to give it to um, Nikki Cadden as well, just for his skill on the ball. It was that moment of quality that really, you know, got us three points. Um, that rewarded Jammer. Jammer, you know, has had so many uh, great plays in terms of holding up the ball, in terms of position. You know, he's been re- really working hard, and he's been rewarded the last two games. But that last little bit of reward wouldn't have been there without Cadden's um, silky skill on the wing. So give it up to him. But shout out, I want to give an honorable mention to Carl Winchester. I thought he yes. did a really nice job of keeping our team balanced, you know, of transitioning yes. from defense into attack and making sure that Harrogate couldn't get too settled. Yeah, I guess I don't know how I missed Winnie when I was giving player shout outs there. I think Winnie is just like too consistent. He's just always like good. And so when he has just another good game, I, I, I don't recognize it because it's like, oh yeah, that's Winnie. He's always good. Yeah, Winnie, find a Premier League player to look like and imitate their look exactly just like White House, Elite White House. That <laughs> there way you we'll, go. we'll mention you more. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, he had a great, great match. So, uh, cool. So, yeah, we'll take the three points on the road. It wasn't pretty, but whatever. We got it. We got the three points. We're third in the table. Things are looking up. Um, just looking at Twitter here, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jim Amos, at JimVeg22, who said, It wasn't pretty. But good teams win games like this on the road. I completely agree with you, Jim. I actually wanted to highlight a tweet by uh, Jamil Matt post-match um, where he tagged both Collins and Nikki Cadden. And just he didn't tag out. us? He didn't tag us. No, no. He, he kind of uh, ignored us today. But he knows that we know. We know we, and we know that we're in his heart. So he doesn't need to tag us. Uh, but no, just like a you know a quick little shout-out saying that you know, couldn't, it was about the team. We got the three points today. And uh, the reason I, I bring it up is because immediately there was a response from Cadden that just said, my guy, and had the heart up there. So love to see that team spirit. Love to see everyone shouting each other out. It feels like we're really coming together. Amen. All right, cool. So let's put a bow on that. Harrogate down. On to our next league match against Cambridge and then Port Vale. That should be fun. Let's get into over-unders now, Shimmy. What do you think? 
well, hey, we need to know what uh, Vegas is thinking these days. You know, we need to be on the pulse of That's right. what's going on in sports. That's right. It's been a few weeks since we have uh, checked in with Vegas. So let's check in with the MGM Sportsbook in Las Vegas, Nevada for over-unders. Now you're in the ring with the king of sportsbooks. You know what to do. Here we go. We've got some really spicy over-unders today, Shimmy. Getting spicy today. Uh, first over-under, uh, Las Vegas must have listened to our last podcast and heard our ambition to make four screen rovers bigger than Real Madrid. So they set a new, a new over-under, number of four screen rovers followers on Instagram by the year 2024. They set the line at 95 million. At that number, we could have a four screen rovers Instagram nation state. We'd be our own country with that many people. But you know what? I'm going to be bullish on it. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. Real Madrid's like going it. to it's going to go down. We're going to poach some of their fans because they'd be like the greatest Champions League team of all time. We're going to poach some of them, um, and we're going to keep growing our fan base. I say over. Going over. Oh, I, I got to agree with you, Shimmy. I think by 2024, four screen rovers are going to at least break 100 mil. Fun fact, I'm sure you knew this, Sean. That's how many followers Charlie D'Amelio has right now on TikTok. We want to be bigger than Charlie D'Amelio. That's, I think that's a, another another feat for us, another, another goal. Once we beat Real Madrid, we need to become bigger than Charlie D'Amelio. Do you know who Charlie D'Amelio is, Sean? I do not. <laughs> but, uh... Come on, man. You got to keep your pulse on the youth. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, and that, and that uh, way I'm a little old-fashioned. All right, all right. I'm just getting right, so into the Beatles, so... <laughs> there you have it. We are going to beat. Uh, we, we are going to break that number, ninety-five million. All right, next, <clears throat> next, over under number of recipes from Jade's Green Kitchen that Sean and I actually make in twenty twenty-one. So just a little bit of uh, some context here. One of our goals is start making food from Jade's Green Kitchen uh, in twenty twenty-one. Her, she's the vegan chef of Forest Green Rovers. She puts out amazing recipes, and Sean and I want to start making them. Yeah, yeah, we're thinking in 2021, we want to go more vegan. Now that we're in fully Sports Green Rover supporters, we want to try to make the transition from being vegetarian to vegan. So we're going to give it a shot. We figured Jade's recipes are a great place to start. Amen. So here we go. Vegas line, number of recipes from Jade's Green Kitchen that we actually make in 2021. Las Vegas, Nevada, MGM Sportsbook has set the line at 2.5. So they think we're going to... Make 2.5 meals. <laughs> so they think we're going to... You know, again, I want to be optimistic because this is a goal that we're setting for ourselves. But it's hard to argue with Vegas and with our culinary skill. So, uh, but you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say over. And with <laughs> our laziness. Optimistic. Over. Wow. Laziness. Okay. All right. We're going to make three, three of these meals. I'm going to go under. I think we're going to make one and that's going to be it. We're going to do it once. We're going to have a great time doing it. And then well, that'll never happen again. All right, so I'm going under, you go over. Here we go. All right, last, last one, last over under. Here we go. Uh, so I don't know if you knew this, Shimmy, but Gloucestershire is famous for its sheep. Did you know that? I did not know that. Although, so, I did once look up what Cotswold meant, and I heard it had to do with sheep, but I don't know if that's that's true. So wait, what does Cotswold mean? I think Cotswold, what is Cotswold? means the land of sheep in rolling hills. Uh, just because I, I saw the word Cotswold and I thought, what man, language? I've never seen, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> well, that's a great question. I want to say like maybe Anglo-Saxon or something. But when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> I've never seen a more British word in my life than Cotswolds. Cotswold? So what is Cotswold? Oh, it's just like a region? 
of Gloucestershire. Yeah, I think it's just like a landscape and a kind of a local gov- agriculture agrarian region. There we go, a local government district, Cotswold. Okay, so back to Vegas, out of Cotswold, back to Las Vegas. Uh, here we go from the MGM Sportsbook in Las Vegas, Nevada. What are the? What's the? How many sheep are there in Gloucestershire? So Las Vegas has set the line at two million sheep. Over under, are there more or less than two million sheep in Gloucestershire? That would be a two to one human ra- uh, sheep to human ratio if that were to be believed, as there's about a million humans living in Gloucestershire. If this is correct, two million sheep. There's a, that's a two to one ratio, Sean. What do you think? Over under two million sheep in Gloucestershire. I'm actually going to say that uh, I'm going to go over. I feel like two to one is a bit of a conservative sheep to human thing in, in such a place that is named after having so many sheep. So I think, I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to say over, over two million sheep. I'm, I'm going more like three or four to one ratio for sheep to human. Wow. Okay. I I actually think under, I don't know why. I, just, I feel like two million is like a crazy number of sheep. In, in a small region. I have no idea though. I'm gonna say under. I'm gonna say there's only, I'm gonna say it's a one-to-one ratio almost. 950,000 sheep are living in Gloucestershire. Wow, uh, wow, very specific. Very specific. I, I don't know how we'll ever find the uh, the data on that to, to see who's right and who's wrong, but it's well, gotta guess, be out there know, somewhere, we're, right? We're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to cancel our day out to the new lawn and just go and count sheep. Okay, Okay. just to prove this. (laughs) That's the only way we can know for sure, Sean. All right, so let's go to the better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's trophy match against Oxford. That just finished, Sean. Uh, An exciting end, but what else do you expect from a better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's match? Well, I was hoping for better PKs. <laughs> yeah, me too. They uh, they look like they took some uh, some PK practice from from Fulham. They took a page out of Fulham's book with those PKs there. Not not a not a great end to the match, but started off with an absolutely brilliant pass in by friend of the pod, Maddie Stevens, to the birthday boy himself, Odin, the Norse god Bailey, right before the half. Beautiful, so beautiful. I, I mistook it for Nikki Cadence on the wing, but it was actually Maddie Stevens who delivered the uh, the beautiful pass there. Um, and then Oxford equalized in the 64th minute, and then we just couldn't find anything after that. Went to penalties and some tru- truly dreadful penalties on our part. But uh, but yeah, so I, I guess to start off, just first, I, I was pretty surprised with the lineup. Uh, Coops went very strong, uh, looking like he, he was trying to make a run in this thing. Not a big fan of that. Uh, I, I think we should really play for the league. Let some young guys get a run out here. Maybe even Harvey Bunker. Prove that Harvey Bunker actually exists. Um, and uh, and save the starters' legs for Saturday. Uh, I, I also thought Lewis would get a, a shot at goalkeeper. Um, he was uh, he was excellent in the last cup match. So I was a little a little disappointed. Yeah, not to see him out there. Um, I was happy that to see Kitchen get a rest, but just overall surprised by the team that Cooper selected. Uh, and and just ugh, the last thing you want to see in a cup match like this is our boy Jordan Moore Taylor going down with an injury. Looks like a hamstring injury. It's still early. We're recording this right after, so we don't know uh, exactly what, what the deal is there. But um, you hate to see that. Jamil Matt also looked like he picked up a knock, perhaps. We're not sure at this point. But just scary stuff. This is why you don't want to play these big players in these in these cup games, in my humble opinion. 
Yeah, I totally agree, Nathan. Uh, we shouldn't be sacrificing players at the altar of the Papa John's pizza oven. You know, <laughs> two big guys that we need week in and week out. So especially when the league is our focus, this has to be our year to get promoted to League One. It was not a good sight to see those two hobbling off. Yeah, I hope I hope they're okay. I hope it's nothing serious. Um, if it is, that's really really going to hurt. Uh, both of those guys have been instrumental in our success so far this this year. And I just a quick uh, apology to my boy Maddie Stevens for uh, mixing up, sending out a tweet saying Nikki Cadden delivered a dime to our boy Odin Bailey, but it wasn't Nikki Cadden. It was friend of the pod Maddie Stevens who delivered the dime. So my apologies, Maddie Stevens. That's um, okay. You know, I think I understand what it is. You just didn't want Nikki Cadden to feel so bad. You wanted to be up there with his twin brother, Chris Cadden, your Columbus Crew Nathan in the MLS yes, Cup final championship game. You're just trying to keep the yes, Caddens on equal footing. So Amen. Totally Let's go crew. Let's go crew this Saturday. Championship, baby. <laughs> MLS Cup. Let's go Columbus crew. I, I agree with you. Um, it was a bit disappointing, but we move on. We acquitted ourselves pretty well in open play. I think we gave League One Oxford. Again, remember, they're a league above us. We gave them a pretty good run uh, in the game. We scored first. Odin Bailey almost had his birthday brace in stoppage time. He was set up really well, just couldn't quite connect. Um, but again, he was our only player to make his penalty during the PKs, which, although it's quite pathetic, I'm glad it was it was him on his birthday. So shout out to him. I think I'm going to call Odin Bailey our MOTWM, our man of the worthless match. Um, I'm glad the, the Papa John's Cup is behind us. So let's regroup, refocus, and up the Rovers in the league. Amen. Amen. One little comment, though, that's actually going to be a little pessimistic. You said, uh, you know, we, we played against a League One team. We showed we could battle with them. Well, technically true. Uh, I believe Oxford only had one player play tonight who typically plays in League One matches. So effectively, this was not really a League One team. And we put out most of our starters. So maybe a little troubling there that we couldn't uh, we couldn't put it away against uh, Oxford's kind of second team oxford's young guys but anyway like you say who cares on to on to the league let's focus regroup refocus we got cambridge coming up we got port vale coming up we got carlisle and exeter coming up we have some massive massive matches coming up let's focus on those shimmy on that note let's go to our opposition interview with our league two enemies johnny and Stu from the ao on the veil podcast a port veil podcast absolutely awesome guys as you're about to hear um, and they provided an excellent preview of what to expect in the Port Vale match next Tuesday. They taught us a lot about Port Vale. Admittedly, that's, that was pretty easy to do. We didn't, we didn't know anything, <laughs> uh, as, you're, as you're about to hear. Um, uh, one thing to note, though, we actually recorded this, this interview before the Port Vale uh, match against Bolton, where Port Vale, Port vale absolutely crushed Bolton 6-3. So these guys were feeling pretty pessimistic at the time of the interview because they, they were coming off of a six-game losing streak. But um, I, I got a feeling, I have to imagine they're feeling a little bit more optimistic after the Bolton match than they sound in the interview. So with that, take it away, us and Johnny and Stu and Nathan and Sean. Take it away. Play up, 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 play up,
In an effort to educate ourselves about our League Two opposition, we decided to invite on some folks who have forgotten more about Port Vale than Sham and I know. Uh, so we want to welcome to the pod our enemies from the Vale, Stu and Johnny from the Ale and the Vale Port Vale podcast. Welcome to the pod, guys. How are you doing, man? Yeah, good to have you. Uh, cool. And yeah, Stu, you live in Canada. So yeah. how has it felt supporting Port Vale from a continent away? Are you finding like local support there? How is it again? Uh, I've tried building local support up. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's it kind of works out in a way. I mean, like I used to love Saturdays being dominated by football in the UK. Uh, now they start at seven in the morning here. Oh. And I quite like that because it's sort of like done... Football's done at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, which means they get the rest of the weekend to be miserable about it, certainly <laughs> at the moment. Uh, yeah, but the rest of the weekend to go off and enjoy where we live. So, uh, yeah, it kind of works out at the moment. So, uh, the first thing we want to guess, or we want to try to figure out, is where is Port Vale located geographically? Here's our guess. Here's my guess, anyway. Your name is Port, so I think you've got to be on the coast if your name is Port. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, looks like we're already off based on the look. Gone wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, of course, I'm not a moron like Nathan. I'm not going to guess you guys are on the coast. But when I hear port, I do think of the wine. So I think of wine, uh, so possibly a wine-growing region in England, if that even exists, if that's a thing. Um, so just looking at a map of the regions, I'm going to say you guys are in the West Midlands. Mm, the that's, the that's Tuscany. Bob Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah, oh, hey. All right. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't think there's any wine growing regions in. in <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of whining going on in Burslem, but there's no, there's no <laughs> wine grown. Um, so yeah, it's it's basically if you look at a map, we are pretty much in the middle between Birmingham and Manchester. Stoke-on-Trent is the the city. And then Port Vale situated within one of the six towns there called Burslem. We obviously are not great with our geography, but we are also really interested in club lore and where the nicknames come from. So we're going to give you a couple of our guesses on what we think Port Vale's club nickname is. We've been 0 for what, what every team that we've guessed so far. So, but I think I feel good about this one. I think we're going to get this one. We're the South End United of guessing club. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Okay, so a very a very unique and symbolic club crest. And so I'm looking at the lower left, and I'm seeing what I think looks like a waffle iron. I don't know if that's what it is. <laughs> but guys, the bakers, perhaps? Or if not that, if I go with the scythe, I'd have to say I'm thinking of the Grim Reaper. And I'm just going to assume you guys score a ton of headed goals. So I'm going to call you guys the, the, the Grim Leapers. Um, I do see acorns on there, which reminds me of squirrels. So... I think maybe something squirrely. Uh, I'm also thrown off by Game of Thrones, the Veil, the, the House of Aaron. I think their sigil was a bird. So I'm going to go with squirrely birds or flying squirrels. I think you've way overthought it. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, so it's based on the, on the last bit, Veil, and they call the Valiants. Oh my god, <laughs> so, we've definitely overthought it. <laughs> yeah, don't overthink uh, anything about Port Bell. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> What's up with the kits? We don't have a lot of room to talk because you know we got we got the zebra the zebra print like neon lime green, but the home kits. What what is that? What's going on there? It's absolutely lovely. 
I love it. Stu hates yeah. it. Very much in the UK, we'd say it's a Marmite kit. So you either love it or you hate it. But I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I adore the thing. I'm but... not that big on it. I wouldn't have bought it. I'd prefer the black. The black away kit. But am I a little thrown off with your sponsor? Who is your sponsor? When I sit, look at the kit. I feel like I'm being presented with a riddle. <laughs> and then if yeah. I fail it, like like the Minotaur is going to get me, will end my existence. Yeah. So who is your sponsor? Uh, so that's Synaptic Solutions, who are also the owners of the club. Ah, okay. Uh, I thought so, Robbie Williams was the owner, no? He designed no. the kit. Yeah. Oh, he just, oh, he designed <laughs> the kit. Oh, it all comes full yeah, circle yeah. here. What do you guys think is the character of Port Vale? You could describe Port Vale in three words. What three words would you use? To flatters to deceive for me. Um, we 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 promise so much, and then it, it always seems to um, seems to flutter away very quickly. Working class and disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, what do you think of FGR in general? Um, I've been three times to the ground, and it's an absolute pain in the arse to get to because it's literally in the middle of nowhere up the top of a hill yeah. uh, with nowhere to drink around it um so yeah so, so that that's a bit that that's a little annoying and the the good thing about it is the the curry sauce in the ground is beautiful so they, they do a good chips and curry sauce because obviously being a vegan club they don't serve any meat inside so you have to uh, you have to experiment but yeah forest Re- they're just they're there at the minute it's just <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't have any problem with Forest Green, if I'm honest. No, like, yeah, like, just there. I, they haven't, <laughs> I, I don't care enough about Forest Green to dislike them yet. So I think like they haven't done anything to annoy us, have they, really? Like, Colin Winchester like, annoys me. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> because he always scores against us. But, yeah. I mean, I think Forest Green's more of a Gloucestershire club. And it's going to, with the move that they're making to the stadium, the other stadium, it's not going to be so much about that area anymore. And it's going to be more about, you know, capturing everybody. I think it's Stroud, isn't it, to, the, that's up the road to try and cap, cap, get more fans in the ground. I like what they do. Right? He thinks Dale Vince seems to think about football slightly differently and likes to implement his own philosophies on there. There's nothing wrong with that. Do a back to Port Vale a little bit. How has your season begun so far? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that noise sums it up, really. We yeah. results-wise, we started well with the results. We went off a little, picked up a couple of good wins, and now have lost the last six in all competitions. So, yeah, that that's not been brilliant. But footballing-wise, it's it's been mediocre at best. Yeah. As you can see by our expected goals, we aren't really creating much so I think that's been a problem yeah I would go along with Johnny uh, started alright went a bit pear shaped for a bit came back good gone disastrous does Portville have an identity uh, that you in this past couple of seasons or this season that they wanted to have uh, I think yeah I was, I was just going to say we play 4-3-3 that's our formation we don't really veer away from that unless we've had some kind of disastrous result prior to that we try and We've, we've got a guy called Tom Pope that plays up front for us. He's pretty famous in the lower levels. He's 35 years old now, but Tom, basically... Yeah, so, but didn't he have the... He had 31 goals in 2000. He, he's the League Two, like, record. I didn't, he still plays for you guys? He's back. Yeah. yeah he's, oh, he's, he's back. Okay. He's home. He's he, he was born a half a mile from the ground. 
and wow. he's, he's a Port Vale fan, and he's still there, oh. yeah, and he still scores. So he scored. That's a awesome. A local legend, man. I didn't know that. Okay. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. there, but I heard the name. <laughs> yeah. The only name that I knew of Port Vale like yeah. history. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah, but Vale play four three three. It's trying to keep it tight at the back. Uh, against other sides, we'll try uh, against better sides. We'll look to sort of soak up the pressure and try and counter attack. When we're one of the better sides. To be fair, we struggle to to break down the worst sides. If you have a look at the results this season, we've struggled against sides that don't want to don't want to attack against us. So it's really we've struggled to find an identity in the last couple of years going forward. Um, but we do have good wingers. Uh, David Worrell's one of the best assist players in the league. We do try and play it out there and try and create chances for the wide. Uh, our performances are based around the anchor man in midfield in Luke Joyce. So he plays just in front of the back four and usually if he plays well, the team plays well. Since uh, <laughs> Askey took over, we haven't lost a game where uh, Luke Joyce has finished the game for us. Yeah. At home. At home. Wow. At home, yeah. So we've not lost a home game when he's played 90 minutes. So that's a great segue into my next question, which is what do we need to do to beat you? Sounds like we need him off the pitch. Stop him. Stop yeah. him. Yeah. That's it. Well, to be fair, Vale are shaky at the back at the moment. They are not their normal self at the back. They're conceding some terrible goals. So, and we're not creating a lot. So it's my advice would just be give it to Jamal Matt and Carl Winchester because every time we've seemed to come up against them pair, um, we, we've had a disaster. So, All right. Thank you. So Mark Cooper, I don't know if you knew this, he's a big listener of the pod. So Mark Cooper, take that information <laughs> and run with it. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here's a hot tip for you guys. A lot of teams play for corner kicks, you know. Play for a throw-in and then just throw the ball into the box. We cannot defend a long throw-in. Just brought long throws in, haven't we, Johnny? One of the... Somebody threw, did a good long yeah. throw the other day. We might be in business here. This there might you be go. Turn around moment. Yeah. Is there anyone else that's really up and coming on Port Vale? Uh, Nathan Smith, the centre off. Um, he's twenty two, twenty three. Um, he he's quite a local lad. So, um, although he's a Stoke fan, um, he's he's a local lad that's come through our youth system. Wow. He's uh, he's been a rock in the at, at the back. So he's he's always one to watch and probably shouldn't be playing for Port Vale, but. Covid happened, so um, we're quite lucky that he is still there. I'd go with Christian Montano if I'm honest. Uh, a lot of discussion within Vale fans about where he plays, uh, especially between me and Johnny, about whether he's a winger or a fullback. Uh, but I really like him playing fullback. He's a winger that's converted back into that left back position, so he's very attacking. Is he the Colombian? Yeah, yeah, he's Columbia, the Columbia. Yeah, okay, yeah. nice, nice. <laughs> well, you know, we have our upcoming encounter on the 15th. What is your prediction, Stu and Johnny, for the outcome of that match? A lot depends on, obviously, we're recording this the, the day before we play Bolton away. So um, a lot depends on what happens there for us because we're, we're very much a creature of habit. So when things are going well, it tends to go well. When things are going badly, as I say, we've, we've now lost six in a row. Things go badly. So we've had a week on the training pitch now. So if we can get a positive result at Bolton, then um, I'd be hoping that at, at home that we should be good to beat most teams in this league. So I'd be looking at a 2-1 win. If it goes badly against Bolton, then it could be a, it could be a cricket score if you're scoring goals. 
<laughs> okay, I'll, I'll edit it out based on your result on Bolton tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for his screen, obviously, I noticed them early in the season at the top of the XG table. So, yeah, and they seem like they're uh, they're creating chances and, and doing well there. So, uh, Johnny's right, though. I mean, it really does depend on the next 10 days. We've got three games in the next 10 days before we play you guys. I think I think I always fancy Vale to do well at home, but certainly not to lose. Um, so I'd probably say I'd probably say a one-all draw. This was a blast. It was a pleasure meeting you guys. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Make sure you check them out on Apple, on Spotify, on wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Stu and Johnny from the Ale and Vale podcast, a poor Vale podcast. Uh, awesome guys. Thank you guys so much for coming. This was a blast. Cheers. Anyway, we appreciate it. And thanks for your time as well. Oh my God. Awesome. Awesome preview uh, for the Fort Vale match. I'm actually really excited now for that one after talking to those guys. They also, unfortunately, turned me into a Tom Pope fan. I love, uh, you know, a story where it's like a local hometown hero who sticks with his club, um, the club that he grew up a fan of. I love that. That's a beautiful story. So this is dangerous, Shimmy, interviewing these, uh, these enemies because um, they make me like them and like their team and like their players. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, we're turning into truly eco-hippies and we're, you know, being very kumbaya about this. But Stu and Johnny were great. That was a great conversation. We missed Beza on that one, so we'll give him a shout-out. We won't forget his spirit. But it was awesome to make more connections. We want to keep building this community of soccer fans and introducing listeners to to folks that love the game at that level. And uh, I think after that interview, we can officially call them frenemies, saying it. They're no longer <laughs> enemies. They are frenemies. <laughs> and I'll take that. All right. Yeah. And I still maintain they have one of the best podcast logos in the game. So, Ale in the Veil podcast, give them a listen. Amen. Amen. Please do. And they have very interesting accents, too. I love their accents. I have no idea. I mean, I guess that's the Port Vale Stoke accent, but it was a really interesting accent. I like I really, I dig the accent. Okay. So, with that, let's move on to actually preview our upcoming matches. First, we got Cambridge on Saturday, they are seventh in the table. Currently ranked 8th in our machine learning uh, algorithm rankings. They are 18th, though, in the XG table. That's kind of shocking how that doesn't really line up. Um, uh, I want to get your prediction, Sean, but before I do, what do you think their nickname is? Cambridge. Okay, Cambridge. Well, you know, you think of, like, hoity-toity university. You think of, you know, the very learned. So I'm going to say the... um, I'm going to say the dweebs. They're the Cambridge dweebs. You stole my thunder. I was going to say the nerds, (laughs) the Cambridge nerds. So we'll take it. Actually, this is a great lead up to the National League team ordered Nathan make it up segment. You will see why in a second, Sham. You don't know why yet, but you're going to see why in a second. But yeah, okay. I'm going to say the Cambridge nerds. You're going to say the Cambridge dweebs. So we take on the Cambridge nerds slash Cambridge dweebs. I think it's going to be a tough matchup. The big green prediction machine predicts a... 1.09 1.09 to 1.08 score in favor of four screen rovers, but that's effectively a draw. But here's the, I think we've seen that we play kind of to the level of our competition as of late. So we've struggled against bad teams. We've played well against good teams. I think we're going to play well. 
The big green prediction machine suggests a draw, but I can't go draw, Shimmy. I'm always positive, always got to stay positive, never predict a draw. So the data says 1-1, my heart says 2-1. What do you think, Shimmy? Uh, hey, I'm with you, man. You got to be positive when it comes to the Rovers. We've had some good results recently. I, I don't think we're going to keep playing down because now our focus is the league. So I'm going with you a one-goal margin of victory, but I'll say 1-0 for screen Rovers. Keeping a clean sheet, baby. Love it. Love it. Uh, all right, so let's move on to Port Vale next Tuesday. Another very tough match. They are 11th in the table current at the time of this recording, currently ranked 10th in our machine learning algorithm rankings. They are 12th in the XG table. Uh, the machine, uh, the big green prediction machine predicts a 1.31 to 1.18 score uh, for this one. So also almost effectively a draw, giving Forest Green Rovers a slight edge. Uh, I think this one's a bit tricky, Shimmy. I might be biased by the Vale boys, um, but I'm a little worried about this one. I think, I don't, in the UK they say, they don't say banana peel. They think, they, they call it a banana something, but I don't remember what they call it. But anyway, they, it's, it's like a game that you- skin maybe. <laughs> I think that's it. I think they say banana skin. So I feel like this might be a banana skin. I don't know if I'm using that, that British phrase correctly, but anyway, <laughs> I'm a little worried about this one. I'm, I am a little worried about this one. Um, if I were a betting man, which I am, I bet a 1-1 draw, but I'm not betting on this game. I'm not betting on this game, Shimmy. So because I'm not betting on this game, I got to stay positive. I got to go 2-1 to the good. I hope that Tom Pope gets the one veil goal, and then I hope my boy Matty Stevens gets the brace to kind of make up for me accidentally mistaking his assist today as Cad's assist. What do you think, Shimmy? Got you. Well, you know, even though you had a near-religious conversion after hearing so much praise of the Pope uh, at Port Vale, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about them, too, because they put six goals in. But I got to feel like, hey, we're going to focus on the league. We're not going to let them go go crazy. And I expect a really, really good match. Uh, hopefully, it's high scoring. I feel like we need to get our goal scoring into gear a little bit, like merit the high XG and have those go in. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're going to edge it out. I'll say we edge it out three to two. So a few more goals go in. Ooh. I like that. I like that. I like it a lot, Shimmy. So there you have it against the Port Vale Squirrely Birds or Grim Leapers or what, what was their actual nickname? The Valatians? Valatians? The, uh, Venetians? the Valiants. The Valiants. Oh, the Valiants. Okay. Yeah, the, <laughs> there you the go. Prince, the Prince Valiants named after the haircut. <laughs> the I love it. I love it. These are going to be some good games, man. We got four amazing games coming up with Cambridge, Port Vale, Carlisle, and Exeter City. Actually, let me just double check. I think that's what we play next. <laughs> I think that's our, our run up next. Okay, actually, yeah, okay, that was right. All right, I, oh, I nice. got that one right. Nice, nice. For a change. <laughs> got something right for a change. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on. Let's see how good, it, how, how well you can get things right, Sean. Let's move on to a new segment uh, in, that we're going to play here in honor of playing, recently playing newly promoted Harrogate and Forest Green Rovers' long history in the National League. New segment here. Is this a National League team? Or did Nathan make it up? So basically, Sham, I'm going to read to you some teams. I'm going to give you their nicknames. Actually, the nicknames, I made up all the nicknames. So the nicknames, I don't think are real, any of them. But the team names are either real or I made them up. Uh, So it's your job to determine, is the team that I'm saying a National League team or did I make it up? Understand? Got the rules? One one thing I don't understand is, one thing I don't understand, what what do I win? participating <laughs> uh the respect of millions of, of our millions of listeners Sean. all right 
all, all future uh, Real Madrid exiles who switch over to Forest Green. That's, that's right. That's right. As we build the green army. Okay, so first one. Here we go, Sean. You ready? Here we go. First team, the Dorking Wanderers, the fighting dorks, the dorks, the big old dorks. Are the Dorking Wanderers real? Is that a real National League team or did Nathan make it up? I'm going to say, you know, on top of our uh, Cambridge dweebs and nerds, Dorking, I'm going to say is real. Correct, Jimmy. Hey. Nice. You're one for one. Well hey. done. Well done. All right, here we go. Next one. Boston United, the Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. Boston United Red Sox. Is that a real team or did I make it up? A real National League team or did I make it up? Boston. Are they a wicked real team? This team from Boston. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna deported. Are you yeah. a cop? Cop, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not a cop, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they're real too. Let's do it. They're Boston's real. Our Boston's Shimmy. gotta be after, after another place. It's gotta have an original place, right? Two for two, Shimmy. Boston United <laughs> are real. I don't think Red Sox are their nickname. Same with the Dorking Wanderers. I don't think the Dorks are their nickname either. But two real teams. You're two for two. Here we go. Next one. Leprosy Town Wanderers. The Wandering Lepers. Is this is the leprosy, leprosy Town Wanders a real team, or did I make it up? All right. I mean, uh, listen, I'm ignorant, and leprosy, you know, does have a sort of a Grimsby kind of, you know, some sort of like vibe to the way you say it. So I feel like okay, it could be, but I, you know, no, I can't think that there's a town of <laughs> lepers in England um, in <laughs> right, the National yeah. League. So I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna stay honest. You're correct. You're correct. Three for three, <laughs> Shimmy. I, I did make up the Leprosy Town Wanderers, the, the Wandering Lepers. Uh, okay, next one. Here we go. AFC Burlington, the Fighting Coat Factories. Is this a real team, AFC Burlington, or did I make it up? Um, although I love a good, I love a good deal on a on a coat, you know, uh, <laughs> or a nice a nice pea coat. Uh, I'm gonna say Burlington is not real. You're correct again. Wow, I thought I would have had you on that one. AFC Burlington, yeah. that sounds so real. That sounds so legit. It, it does. That sounds much realer than Leprosy Town. For sure. But uh, yeah, no, okay. You are four for four. You're amazing, Shimmy. Um, uh, for our British li listeners, I don't think Burlington Coat Factory exists in uh, the UK, but there's a giant department store that's like low-cost coats called Burlington Coat Factory yeah. here in the US. It's a giant warehouse so where... Yeah, where they load them immediately off of a truck <laughs> onto the floor, <laughs> and you just pick it up off the floor, and you have to click every single code. <laughs> so that was the inspiration for that one. All right, two more here, Shimmy. Two more, and then we'll call it a wrap. We'll, we'll call it a wrap. Here we go. Ebb's Fleet United, the floating fleet. Is this real, or did I make it up? Well, hmm. I'm thinking if they're real, they should be all up on Twitter. You can get Twitter as a, as a sponsor with the fleets here. Um... I'm going to say it's a real place. It's, it's a weird enough sounding place. Ebb's Fleet? Ebb's Fleet. Yeah. Ebb's Fleet. <laughs> I actually don't remember. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I think it's real. Let me, let me do a quick... I, I don't remember when I made this one, if I made this one up or if this is real. Let me do a quick Google, those are, Google those search. Are the best, the, those are the best towns where you don't know if, if being in them is a dream. <laughs> oh, it's real. It's real. It's real? And their oh, nickname okay. is The Fleet. So I must have looked They're that up. Fleet. I must have looked that up before. And their nickname is the Fleet, the flo but not the Floating Fleet, but still the Fleet. Okay, last one here, Shimmy. You are on fire. Five for five. Let's. Can you go six for six? Here we go. Oh, is this a National League team, or did Nathan make it up to go perfect six for six? Here we go. The UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. 
that's good. Actually, I I know this as a big fan of Pulp Fiction, so I know you. I know you're throwing in the National yes. League there. So it's not a National League. That's John Travolta. Yeah, yeah, not a real team, but it is a real university. That is their mascot. So I'm a big I'm a big Vince Vega fan. Of that. So, yeah, it's a real. But, all right, you're correct. Six, perfect six for six. Well done. Hey. Uh, those of you at home, well, I'm going to post this on Instagram for you guys to play along as well. But uh, I guess you would have already heard this, so you already know the answers. Or also, maybe you're not an idiot and you probably know the answers anyway. Yeah. You, it's very all right, so, you're smarter than we are, especially. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a high bar. No. Um, okay, so that was our first edition, maybe our last edition of National League team. Or did Nathan make it up? Shimmy was six for six. Well done, Shimmy. Wow. Yeah, we're reaching like 1950s quiz show levels of fixing, it seems like. I think that's what people are going to think. Like, the fix was in. <laughs> but I, I swear, I swear, I, I did not know ahead of time. Nathan brought it out. We just, just went for it. Shot from the hip on that. <laughs> okay, moving on to the Hector Bayarin. of the week so what do we got this week shimmy who's our drip of the week well actually an unlikely choice or drip of the week normally we've been shouting out the snazzy fashion choices right the sartorial elegance of our lads on the squad but this week uh and especially it comes uh it comes by way of my wife beep who uh <laughs> who noticed the uh, kit on harrogate so Harrogate has a very interesting kit with the yellow and a green, uh, a yellow background with a red square for the sponsor. And then we noticed there are two vertical stripes. And when we saw it, we're like, those really look like suspenders. <laughs> so it, it kind of looked like we were playing uh, folks fresh from Oktoberfest, you know, that <laughs> pitch. So um, I got to I gotta give it up to them. So even though, you know, they're from the National League, they're trying to hack it in League 2, um, give them the drip of the week, especially since we won the three points. I feel yeah, like. they were gutsy too. So yeah, I agree. It's, <laughs> it does look like Lederhosen. Um, all right, cool. So we'll pick a player. I don't know who. I don't know their team here. Let's see if we can find a team, a player on the team, real quick. Harrogate Town. Okay, we can. We can maybe even give it to Kieran. Kieran was uh, probably their best player. We. Uh, I mean, thanks to our okay, lackluster Brendan defense. Kieran. Yeah, thanks to our lackluster right. defense, we kind of let him in a little bit. We made him look a little bit like uh, Iron Robin in the first half. So I like, I like the idea of giving it to Brendan Kiernan. However, they have a lot of funny names on this team, like <laughs> <Okay>. Ryan <laughs> Fallowfield, Josh <Okay>. Falkingham, <laughs> Joe Cracknell. So I, I think, while you're right, he played well. I think we got to give it to one of these silly named guy, Jack Muldoon. Uh, Kevin Lococo. I like Falkingham. All right, Falkingham it is. I feel like that's something I've said when I've stubbed my toe before. Uh, <laughs> but as long as he was in the Harrogate kit today, he's well, well deserved. I think he was. I think he, according to Wikipedia, he's the captain. Oh yeah, perfect. I, oh, I found a great picture of, uh, of, of this guy wearing the kit, wearing the leader hose and done. So Josh Falkingham. Congratulations on the Drip of the Week, our first non-Four Screen Rovers player Drip of the Week. There's the Hector Bearing Drip of the Week. Oh, can, I All right, Shimmy, can I add something real quick? Oh, yeah. That maybe can Okay. So, and to Josh Falkingham in your later hosen, Prost. Prost. <laughs> Prost, Josh, Josh Falkingham. 
Ah, uh, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, I found the perfect Josh Falkenham picture. This is gonna be an excellent, excellent trip of the week. Uh, okay, so let's go to the vegan beer review. What did you think of this beer, Shimmy Sham Shango? Oh man, can't say anything but good things about it. Uh, it tastes like an IPA, but it's a lager. So 5.2%, really e- goes down really easy. You still get the nice little hoppy sting of an IPA. But um, yeah, just happy to support a local brand, Brooklyn Lager. Um, give it give it a thumbs up. What'd you think? Well, you know what they say, Shimmy. If it looks like an IPA, if it walks like an IPA, if it talks like an IPA, if it smells like an IPA, it's a lager. <laughs> so I'm going to give it two thumbs up. I liked it, Shimmy. He liked it. <laughs> All right. All right, Shimmy. So that's it. That'll do it for this week, uh, Shimmy Sham Shango. Uh, we made it to seven, seven pods, which is six more, maybe even seven more than I thought we'd, we'd, we'd do. How are you feeling, Shimmy? Yeah, really good. You know, lucky number seven. We've got to meet some great people so far, including uh, Stu and Johnny. Yeah, Stu and Johnny were awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, they Unfortunately, we, we got to stop talking to opposition because they made me like them and made me like Port Vale <laughs> and made me root for Tom Pope. Tom Pope, yeah. Local lab. I love it. I love that. Yeah, the lo- I love that story of Tom Pope. Um, so this is kind of dangerous, Sean, talking to the opposition because they, they, they built, like today I found myself rooting for Port Vale. They kept scoring goals. I was like, yeah, keep going, keep going. They got six goals today. I was like, make it seven. Uh, so it's, it's dangerous. But- you can't let the word get out to opposition. If you talk to us before your match, the goals are going to rain down. That's true, but that's why we record it well before our match. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, feeling good. Third in the table, Shimmy. We are third of the table. We're winning on the road. It's ugly, but we're getting the three points. That's what matters. On to Cambridge. On to Harrogate Town. Let's go. Come on, Rovers. Let's go, boys. Well, we did Harrogate Town, so it's right on to Portville. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Yeah. Let me that over. On to Cambridge. On to Portville. <laughs> Come on, boys. Up the Rovers. Up the Rovers. No, you up the Rovers. All right, (laughs) take us home, Big Time Tommy. Take us home, Big Time Tommy. It's Big Time Tommy, and it's 65 degrees in New York, and I'm cruising listening to that freestyle music. I love you. Don't do the things you do. My fallen angel, my heartbreak love. Gotta love it. Gotta love that old school. OS for life. Take it easy.